she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General Hospital. Welcome back to Generally Not at a Hospital. I'm Julia. I've been watching General Hospital forever. I'm Claire. I've been watching General Hospital since quarantine started, whenever that was. It could be years. It could be months. It could be days. Who knows? Um, this is the episode from Wednesday, April 22nd. It was a good episode. It wasn't quite as dramatic or, um, I'm not as pumped up as I was after the last episode. It was, it's hard to follow. That was such a great episode on Tuesday, but this was a solid contender. I liked it a lot. I did like, there was a lot of good stuff. And my, my life must be very boring right now because I'm like, oh, what was so dramatic in the last episode? Lulu um, and Laura talked, and then Valentine had a quick scene with Laura. But it was the most dramatic thing of all time. It was so exciting. It was so good. And it was so much interesting stuff happening under the surface. Yeah, I feel like we're in like a pivot moment, too, where some storylines that we've been watching get like sort of talked into the ground are still going. But they're kind of pivoting into the next stage, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because we've kind of been watching. You talked about some of the characters in the little one note to you, um, and, and I think it's because the story has been in this kind of one note place. I mean, meaning like various storylines have been sort of in this one stretch, and now we're pivoting to like a new step. Yeah, and I that's a great way to phrase that because it's not that the characters are one note or the actors aren't playing them all. It's they have one emotion for the storyline and they need a pivot to like um, mix it up or talk to different people or have different types of reactions. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about Lulu and Brooklyn, I just saw this one context of getting into a fight with each other over petty things and then they're both pivoting to more, more meaningful relationships. But anyway, that's enough about that episode. We did an hour on that yesterday. Um, this episode was um, a good mix of storylines, um, and no Cyrus Renault, which is yes. always a plus for me. But and this would have been very funny to me just a couple days ago. But my other no Cyrus Renault is a good thing. But I wrote no Lulu or Valentine, Aww. which makes me sad now because that was my favorite part. Um, but our storylines this um, episode are Mike and Sunny with Lynn. Um, of course, the different permutations of Willow and Michael and Chase and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina and Nell have some interesting conversations that we'll talk about. Um, and then Alexis and Diane and Sam. And then we get a little bit towards the end of some crossovers. Yes. Um, cool. So um, my one just... just um, housekeeping question before we dive in is Diane met Alexis for lunch and the boss pretenses so yeah. she gets it on the Sam and Alexis says oh where's Max and Diane's like he's not coming who is Max do I, I know Max I love Max you don't know Max so if I know there's a Max that, so that's Mac Scorpio mm-hmm. he works for the police yeah I know some things about him I just don't remember who right but I'm, I'm setting that up to differentiate so you don't get it mixed up. So okay. then Max is Max Giambetti. 
he works for Sunny. Oh. So he's on the opposite side of the law. And he's married to Diane? Um, I can't remember if they're married, but they are together. Well, Diane is Sunny's lawyer. Oh, true. She is a crime lawyer. <laughs> she is, yes, that is her official designation. Crime lawyer. Okay. Um, and then, and then Max has a brother named Milo G. Benny. And bless their angel hearts. I love them both. They're so sweet. They are brothers in real life. The actors are. Oh. It's, I think, Dirk and Drew Cheatwood. Are they twins? No. They just both happen to be soap stars? Yeah. You're just mentioning a lot of the child actors are twins. So oh, like maybe right. they, maybe no, they no. just grow up and stay on so No, they are adults. They are brothers in real life, but not twins. Um, and, oh, so that much I knew. And then I happened to have read online just today, actually. Um, in real life, this is something that's interesting to you. They are cousins of Tyler Christopher's, who used to play Nicholas and play Nicholas Casting for like 20 years and is no longer on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the current Nicholas. Okay. But they are, I would say, supporting or more recurring characters, tragically. So no, you haven't met either Max or Milo yet. Okay. Cool. I knew that was going to be a not relevant question, but it's good to file away. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the cold o- nothing really happened in the cold open, but so going to the regular episode. Um, Chase and Sasha are discussing what they just did to Willow, of course, and I think this was the only flashback of the episode, or the only one that wasn't just from last episode, we flashed back to when Chase and Sasha, no, Chase and Willow first meet. Yeah. Which was super cute, because it was, that that's so much better than, um, how Maxie and Peter got together or whatever, um, because this, this was, like, very, uh, it was really fun, it was, like, the opposite of a meet cute. Yeah. She's, like crying in her car, and then he comes to maybe check on her or tell her to move or something. I think, I, I think something like that. Because yeah. he's like, hey, lady, listen, you got to move or whatever. And she's like, you're harassing me, and, and starts screaming for help. And then he's like, I'm a cop. And she's like, no, you're not. And they just like seem very annoyed by each other. Yeah. So that was super, super cute. And more like more personable than just like, you know, catching your eye across a crowded right. room or whatever. It, it was a nice juxtaposition with the very sweet, but very generic way he kept talking about how much he loved her. Like, mm. you know, every time she walks into the room, I, I, you know, my breath is taken away. And I was just like, okay, that's nice. But, like, yeah, like, going back to, like, that moment when they first kind of met and sparked off against each other, and not even in a positive way, it was just a really nice reminder that they are, you know, real people, and they're not just, you know... I'm gonna need you to to, to make sorry. You do know you do know they're soap opera characters, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just meant they're not um you know it's it's not like you know insert it, it's it's not like fill in the blank romance novel. Yeah, totally. that's what I mean. Totally. They're like unique characters with like unique experiences that make them engaging and well suited to each other, and not just you know, generic. Right. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, it was cute. And um, I think we tracked the first Harry Potter reference a couple episodes ago. Yeah. This is the first Marvel reference. Because he's like, look, I'm wearing a shield. And she's like, who are you, Captain America? So I thought that was funny. Um, 
Willow and Willow goes to meet Michael at the bar as they arrange and tells him she caught them in the act. And which so many points A plus to Willow for not spending minimum one episode talking it out with whoever and look should I tell Michael? Should I like lie? Should oh. I you know drag this out even longer. She immediately went to Michael and just told him everything. It was yeah. very refreshing. Oh, I, that didn't even cross my mind, but you're you're right. That makes sense. Um, it was funny, though, because she kind of alluded to it, and Michael was like, ooh, I gotta get some more. It was, I don't know if you knew that back and forth. It was really funny to me when Willow was like, Chase and Sasha are having an affair, and he like downplays it at every stage. He's like, oh, do you suspect something? And she's like, no, I saw them together. And she, he's like, in what way? And she's like, in each other's arms. And you could tell he's like, like a hug. And she has to go, she was like, Chase had his shirt off. They were about to have sex. And he's like, oh, like he really, really didn't want to believe it. Or wouldn't. Well, and wouldn't you yes. the same? I mean, if it were you? Yeah. Like, well, are you sure that's what you saw? Or no. like, are you sure? Are you just thinking? Did someone say something to you? Because you don't want that to be true when it's right. something you care about. No, I thought it rang very true. Is oh, okay, yeah. Um, it rang very true, and it wasn't just like immediately, I'll go um, punch him in the face without any context. They right. talked through it. Um, which we'll get to. Um, uh, Willow, very helpfully, she's like, you know what, I'm just going to start from the beginning and recap every moment with Chase and what she thinks might have happened, which is really helpful because there was a detail I didn't know that she and Chase thought they were pregnant after a while, he's already born. Like, again, yeah. she's pregnant again. Long after. Right. There was a couple references to Chase saying something about her being pregnant, but I thought it was her pregnancy with Wiley. No, that was before she came on the show. Oh, she right. Came, she was introduced having lost a child. Gotcha. Okay, I've forgotten that. So right. I thought this is in reference to with her when she was pregnant with Wiley. Um, but so that was really relevant because that gave her this kind of insight maybe into what had happened. Yeah. And I know we were half joking last time about how we hoped Willow and Michael would be stupid. I know. But. I know, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. They, the way they talked through it, I was like, okay, that all really stacks up. It's really believable. They are both going through something really serious and really hard in different ways. And Chase and Sasha did just get brought along for the ride. My takeaway was they came up with a better story than Chase and Sasha did. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and they, like, um, they're kind of sweet baby angels. I think we're going to have to do this whole storyline together, but um, yeah. I just wrote down, LOL, they're angels, because they're, like, they were both kind of in shock mode, and, but then they both generally try to, like, look at it from the other perspective, and they're yeah. like, well, they were trying to be so supportive, but we were both involved in this really heavy stuff, and they couldn't quite understand it, and neither of them were looking for anything serious. Chase kind of freaked out, understandably, about a, a potential pregnancy, and Sasha was like, let's just play this by ear and keep it fun. So they were, like, drawing on these on, on accurate reads of both Chase and Sasha and, like, filling in the gaps and really putting together a more compelling story for um, turning to each other for comfort and um, commiseration because they, mm-hmm. they're not enough, like, they're not assholes. They're going to complain to us about it. Right. 
and like really giving them this really like gracious perspective. Yeah, and honestly, it's you know almost more surprising that they both had found these incredibly empathetic, loving partners who. 100% would have stood by them through all of this under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's watching them talk through it, I was like, okay, I get why they are going to believe this, at least to start. Yeah. I think if Willow had, and this is interesting because when she said she was going to recap, I, this is where I thought it was going. I thought Willow was going to recap everything Chase said to her and like his tone. And that maybe they would have found holes in because Chase made it sound very like resentful and cold. Yeah. And Willow and Michael kind of filled in this really um, empathetic perspective. Like, well, maybe they started it out by sharing something we couldn't understand, and then it led to more. So, um, just, just very interesting. It says a lot more about Willow and Michael, I think, also. Yeah. Yeah. My one moment that made me laugh though during, during <laughs> yeah. their scene is so Willow is um, talking about the pregnancy scare I guess and she said something along the lines of you know Chase was a little freaked out and he didn't you know wasn't ready for a serious jump start to a committed relationship with a child and getting married and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The way she phrased it, um, so she starts to set in, Chase wasn't ready for a lifetime commitment, mm-hmm. but I thought she was going to say Chase wasn't ready for like a lifetime movie of a crazy custody battle and Nell and oh, Riley. Cool. And I was like, is a soap character literally going to compare her life to a lifetime movie? Because that would be so funny, because that's what I do in my head all the time. But it didn't happen, and it, it was just funny to me. That's hilarious. You know what? They... They don't do that a lot. Actually, it really bugs me in movies or TV shows when a character says, like, oh, if, but my life isn't a movie. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, we get it. Shut up. Soaps don't do that a lot. They're, we, we, we joked a couple episodes ago, I think, about characters being, like, genre aware or not. Um, and, and sometimes, I mean, they'll comment a little bit on how weird their collective lives are, but not not quite in that way. Now, it would have been funny, though, if she'd said, like, you know, Something about a lifetime movie. Lifetime movie, because it is all very, very, uh, very dramatic. Um, but yeah, it'd be a little on the nose for them to say, "My life is like a soap opera." Are there soap operas, operas in universe that they ever talk about? I, that would be kind of funny. I don't know that there is. They rarely ever watch TV or movies, or if they mm. do, they'll they'll reference that they're going to go to a movie or they had a movie night. They never like showed them doing anything like that. Right. I feel like they did some sort of cross promotion where they like as if they needed it. Um, they promoted I think like a Marvel movie once. Like mm-hmm. one of them came out and there were like a bunch of them were gonna take the kids to see it or, or something yeah. like that and they kind of went a little heavy handed with that, but I think it's because they were on like Marvel Yeah. I mean, I don't think that would be it would be a little too much of an in joke. Like I've seen sh- shows that have done that, like Buffy I guess had a real soap opera that um, Queer Folk, there was a show in Universe that came out called Gay as Blazes, which is really funny. <laughs> um, okay, that was a very long tangent, um, and so that was less of a joke that they made intentionally as a joke I interpreted and find amusing. Um, so now I really want someone to like reference how outlandish it is and compare it to a lifetime movie. Um, 
So, oh, we do see another little flashback about Michael reflecting about Sasha, how she's like, we'll take it one day at a time, and well, no definition, no definition, um, which kind of cements that for him. Um, and then um, Sasha and Chase are like both kind of regretting the fallout, and I get it, but when Sasha was like, was like, I can't believe we just did that. What did we do? And Chase was like, we agreed on this. And she's like, <laughs> I know. Um, and then... I kind of kept I, laughing at them. Yeah. Like, they're both very sad about it. It's four babies. But they were just both sitting there, just tears tracking down their faces. And I was just like, y'all fucking morons, did this to yourselves. Did you guys notice Chase at one point had one single tear? <laughs> Yeah, I, oh my god, I can't remember what the line was, but he, like, he was asking her some question, and just, you know, trying to, you know, stay calm and collected, and then he just had this one tear, single tear, it was so good, it was so great. Uh, I just, I just couldn't stop, like, kind of laughing at Yeah. Sorry. Slightly odd take from Sasha, at one point, she's like, I bet by Wiley's third birthday, which sounds like she's cursing him like a fairy godmother, <laughs> but by, by the child's third birthday, she was like, I think um, Willow will be madly in love with Michael, which, like, kind of a burn <laughs> on Chase, because she doesn't say Michael will be in love with Willow at that point. Which I thought she would. I thought she was going to say they will be in love, like, with, with each, each other, other right. by that time. Right. Not sooner. Exactly. And then she just said Willow will be in love with Michael and didn't say the reverse, which is kind of like, she's... Kind of, yeah, kind of around taste. Like, Willow will get over you really quickly fall in love with Michael. I don't know if Michael will love Willow. I don't know if that's fully the implication there. But I don't know if that's what she meant, I don't, but... I don't think it was. It was just an odd way to phrase yeah. it that didn't include both sides. Because um, you, you think... I guess she's thinking of it... She's not really thinking about Chase. She's thinking about her own perspective. Because what, what she followed up with was... Willow's gonna be the happiest woman on earth, and I think she's like envying that position that sure. she's lost. And out on to your now. point, she said that at some point in there too, like, I just realized how much I'm in love with Michael. Yeah. So she's really like, um, how could Willow help but fall in love with Michael? He's so wonderful. Right. Um, right. So I don't think, she, I think the inverse was probably implied, but that's just not what, where her head was at. Yeah. And I think I was like, I read something very different into that, which yeah. didn't, didn't make sense. Um, they also, um, yeah, just stay too long on that couch, the point where I was not surprised at all that Michael kind of burst in on them, um, which is funny, because I kind of thought he'd come in and be like, hey guys, Willow and I talked it through, we understand, <laughs> I was just like, oh, he is mad, okay, good, <laughs> because he, they can't be too perfect. Right. Um, Michael also strikes me... I'm still, honestly, not quite used to Michael as an adult, because uh-huh. Michael was, well, okay, so Chad Duell, who plays him now, has been on the show for, like, 10 years. I think he just had his 10-year anniversary on the show, and when he started, I think Michael was still... A teenager. Like, I vaguely remember Chad Duell in, like, a high school uniform. And then some stuff happened, and then it was, like, all of a sudden he was, like, 
a CEO at ELQ and like having storylines involving potential you know pregnancies with girlfriends and I was like wait Michael's an adult now and so it's taken my brain a long time to like wrap around that and get used to like who he is as an adult because he's really different now than he was as like a teenager um and I'm still getting a sense of him so like he's like characters will compare him to Jason a lot um and I think they do have some things in common and not others but I think one thing they do have in common is that they are really really good friends to their friends so Michael and Willow were talking it out and he was processing it but also helping her process it and making sure she was taken care of he you know sent her to the metro court for the night because she couldn't go back home to her place with Chase but once he didn't need to be in taking care of Willow mode he could let loose his emotions which, yeah. which Jason is not likely to do I think that's the point where they differentiate Jason bottles yeah and puts everyone ahead of himself and his needs mm-hmm. Whereas Michael's like, okay, Will's taken care of, time to throw down. Yeah. So he kind of charges in. And I had a thought in my, my constant quest in my brain to have Michael and Will figure out the truth. <laughs> I immediately, when he, he, cause he busts right in and he's like, I can't believe you're still here, first of all, which is very funny. And then, um, and then he's like, okay, how long has this been going on? And my immediate thought, like one nanosecond later was, I really hope they have their story straight. Because... <laughs> And if they if they were already separated or he tracked them individually or they both start talking, like how funny would it be if they say conflicting things? And then Michael would be like, wait a minute, like that doesn't make sense. Why lie now? But like that didn't happen. So it's probably and it's not going to because they want the drama to continue on. But like I thought that would have been funny. Um and then Sasha said something very quick and very generic, like we both care so much about you. This was a mistake. We're really sorry. And then she's like, bye. And just kind of pieces out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, Chase had to do the whole scene with Willow while Sasha was, like, in the other room. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, Chase, you got this, right? Michael, do you want to do that again? How fun that was for you? And she just leaves. <laughs> well, to be fair, he kind of pulled that first because, well, she pulled it first by leaving him with Willow. But then Michael bangs on the door and, like, announces himself. It's not like they didn't know who was there. And Chase goes, are you ready? And she goes, no. And he opens the door anyway. Like, yeah. you know, he, she could have hidden again, or they could have pretended they weren't home. I don't know. But he just was like, well, this is happening. It was very funny. Yeah. And then and then the Michael and Chase scene was so good. Um, Like, just, okay, I love Michael so much. Because he's, like, really mad at him. But then he's like, okay, Sasha and me, we'll deal with that on our own. You and I, like, fuck you, I thought we were friends. But we're not going to talk about that part right now. He just jumps straight into, like, defending Willow. Like, how can you do that to Willow? That whole scene was so pure. (laughs) Yeah. It was so pure. Michael's an angel, and I love him. I, and he was just very much just like, I'll get over what happened. I'll survive. I'm upset Sasha could do that to me. But, like, you, Willow trusted me with her heart, and now you've done this, and I don't know how could you? And then kind of shoves them in the yeah. It was so good. And and I know you know some of this, but I'm just going to remind you of just a, two little pieces of context okay. that I think you already know, but just, I think, really underline exactly what you were just saying. So one piece of it is that um, Michael and Willow met first before either of them met Sasha or Chase. 
and they bonded and became friends in a grief support group for parents who had lost children. That's a kind of a cruel twist of fate. <laughs> well, and that's us for you. Um, so they had really bonded on a very like emotional, like deep level as friends. And it never, I think, went further at all before they, you know, they met their more recent partners. But they had a really strong, genuine foundation of friendship. Really cared about each other. Really looked out for each other. Especially Mike, lo Michael looking out for Willow because then there was the whole like, cult storyline, which is my sort of second piece of context, which is um, Willow's mom basically like pimped her out to Shiloh. Mm -hmm. Shiloh used her. He was the father of her child, so she was constantly, she like fled the cult, gave up her child to protect him, and then was in this place where she really like couldn't trust anyone and didn't have anyone's support. And so when Michael was like laying into chase for, like she had opened herself up and trusted him and given him her heart, and then he did that to her. I was just like, and, and we know why Chase did what he did, even if we think he's a moron, but Michael doesn't. And he's just the greatest friend. And so from aside, I think Sasha is 100% correct. Michael and Willow are gonna fall in love. Like no. they're they're so logic, I'm telling you. They're gonna get married for Wiley, they're gonna start falling in love. Depending on when the truth comes out about what Sasha and Chase pulled, like for maximum drama, they probably are gonna be a little bit torn by the time the truth comes out. Because they're gonna start to have feelings for each other. And 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 I was thinking a little bit about long term too, because we were talking a little bit about how Willow and Michael have to have a sustainable marriage for this all to make sense. And so that means Chase and Sasha have to sustain that indefinitely. Like they can't the just lie. They don't have to continue the affair. No, the lie. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they can't like come clean in a year and be like, but you got full custody because then. I mean, they could. Yeah. It's just. There's not, there's not going to be a good time to reveal this. It's just a stupid plan and I hate it. Yeah. I mean, marrying them getting married to begin with is stupid, much less the whole cheating part. But it's all stupid. It's all very a stupid. A little bit. But you and know, that's all I have to say about that. Um. All right. So, um, the Sunny and Liz storyline with Mike was um very sweet and kind of understated, and I was like looking for drama. Is this it kind of like how we said one episode in the past wasn't very soapy? I mean, there was all the, the cheating drama, but um, most of the conversations, well, okay, there was a whole cheating drama and craziness, but I guess the Sunny and Liz storyline and the Nina and Nell storyline were very, like, here's some con here's some nice conversations between people. Um, so I kept, like, looking around the corner for those scenes to blow up. Like, I don't, so I don't really know what Sunny and Liz's relationship is. So I, throughout the scene, I was like, is she Mike's doctor? I don't think so. Is she a family friend of Sunny's? Is she close with Sunny? Is she going to be overstepping her bounds? Like, by the time she got to, I was like, is Sunny going to get frustrated with her giving advice? And by the time she brought up the DNR, I was like, is he going to, like, don't tell me about my dad? But, like, it seems like he really trusted her. And they talked it all through, and she gave some good medical advice. And, like, I guess that mix of medical and, like, this is something that's going to be helpful for your family to, to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And then they, like, 
hug and then Mike called her doll, which was cute. I'm sure that's a reference. I don't know if it is or if he just wasn't sure who she was in this book. Oh, I was divided if I thought like that's something a specific nickname or pet name he had for her and they knew each other really well, or if it's something the way he talks. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Um so yes, but tell me about Sunny and Lizzie's relationship. Oh, okay. So you've caught me out. I don't remember a lot about their dynamic. Um I wanna say they're they're friendly, um, but not exactly like best friends mm-hmm. I feel like they've always kind of or for a long time been on sort of the periphery of each other's lives um, yeah, I was trying to brainstorm if I knew any connections so I could really think of any so the the I think main functional purpose of Liz in that whole sequence is if you will recall she's a nurse right um and then she and Jason have had romantic entanglements in the oh, past. Right. Without getting too into that, obviously Sunny and Jason are best friends. Um, Carly and Sam, Sam being Jason's primary romantic partner of the past almost 20 years, probably like 17 or so years, and Carly being Jason's best friend, they and Liz are not each other's biggest fans. Who and Liz? Carly and Sam oh. are not huge fans of Liz and vice versa. Right. So Sunny, I think, likes Liz well enough, but it's not like, you know, Liz and Franco are coming over to hang out with Sunny and Carly for, like, right. you know, drinks or that whatever. Wasn't Liz involved in... She was with Jason when... He, I don't, I just, I get so confused. I know, I know, I know it, I know it. She was with, um, Drew when everyone didn't, before they knew he was Jason, before they thought he was Jason. Yeah. Right? And then she found out, quote unquote, that he actually was Jason, which was not ultimately true, and didn't tell anyone because she wanted to keep him for herself. Yes. I don't remember if we've talked about that or if I've somehow dug that out of my memory from when you described it to me as it was happening. I think we maybe touched on it yeah. in the past few weeks um, in passing. We haven't done a deep dive into like Jason and Sam's history or Jason and Liz's border collective history, which is really messed up. Um, but Oh, that wasn't the messed up part that I just said? Oh, no, that was one of the oh. messed up parts. Right, okay. for sure. Gotcha. Um, but there are, there are more. There's other things. Yeah, yeah. Liz is complicated. I I adore to the ends of the earth Rebecca Hurt, who plays Liz. I think she's phenomenally talented. She's been on the show, like, without break for over, I think, 20 years at this point. So she's very well established and incredible. I don't always like Liz, mm-hmm. so it's complicated. Okay. Um, and it, but I don't remember enough about like the details <laughs> to try to get to try to get us back on track. I don't remember enough about the details of Elizabeth and Sunny's friendship or lack thereof to give you much more illumination than that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't need a big explanation or reveal. I could tell they were. Friendly enough, um, and he trusted her. Um, and so yeah, that's pretty much all I noted about that storyline because 
again, it wasn't, there was nothing to make fun of in that scene. Yeah. It was just um, really understated and, and well done. Um, and then, um, so Alexis and Diane and Sam. It was super fun to see Diane for more than, like, a minute. I love Diane. Um, she's, like, criminally underutilized. I wish she was around more just to snark at everyone. She's all very snarky. She's so snarky. That was good. Um, so I liked that Diane was like, okay, now tell your daughter. And um, Alexis tells her about drinking, and then she tells them both that she slept with Neil, and they're both like, yes. what? And they kind of scream, you had sex with Neil, which apparently everyone in Alexis's life likes to scream for secrets out loud in public. Because <laughs> yeah. Julian did the same thing. Um, so I don't think I realized that when they were in New York, she was there to testify at a hearing that they weren't involved. Yeah. I did not catch that detail. So that was very funny. And then Diane was like, so you're telling me you slept with Neil and then went and perjured yourself? Um, why did you go testify for him if you were sleeping with him? And she's like, well, when I agreed to testify, we hadn't slept together. Which was hilarious. Very and also, funny. okay. Very funny. Um, so... In every everything she said to them, like they reacted the way like we react, which was so fun. Oh yeah. Every little thing she was like, yeah, well, they're like, well, Brit, you perjured yourself, but no one knows. It's fine. And she's like, well, Brit Westford knows. Well, I asked Julian to pick me up that night, so he knows I'm upset about Neil. Well, Brit told Julian. Well, then Julian screamed it at the hospital in front of everyone. Everyone knows it's out. Right. You actually, you two are probably the last to hear about it <laughs> yeah. in Port Charles. Yeah. Um, I mean, the moment any character says something like, well, as long as, as no one knows. Right. They should already know before the sentence is done that everyone knows. Exactly. Um, so that was kind of fun. Alexis, like you said, did that same kind of recap thing about Brit and Julian. I thought we'd get a reaction from her saying, oh yeah, Julian's little girlfriend, Brit. Because my impression was that no one knows they're hooking up. So I kind of expected Sam and Diane to react. Granted, they may not really know who Brit is. Or they, like, everyone you know, knows everyone. Yeah, but they, they might. It might not be like a shocking reveal mm. to them. I don't know who it would shock. Yeah. Um, well, that's funny you say that. I was expecting a little bit more of a reaction to her calling Julie to pick her up. Oh, which they, they kind of Sam did over. kind of like do a double take or like her jaw dropped or something because that's her dad. It is. Uh-huh. is she we just, also haven't talked about that at all. Right. Is she, like, is she have a relationship with you Not anymore. Okay. Um, that, could be our, that could be our history corner. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, and then really the last storyline is Nina and Nell. Um, so they, they mostly just talk about their childhood fantasies of having a house with a swing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the kind of thing that lays a lot of groundwork for when they find out their mother and daughter, and draw a lot of parallels between them. Um, I, I kind of like appreciated that Nell didn't go like, oh, you are rich, what do you know? Because they both, from different perspectives, wanted this like normalcy of like a nice, cozy, loving family with a swing in the yard. Mm-hmm. And Nell, like, and her dad traveled all over and were really poor, and it sounds like Nina's parents just like bought her a fancy swing in the Hamptons or whatever she said, and weren't really involved or like caring. Right, right. But I kind of appreciated that now, like, was like, oh, we had the same experience from different perspectives, which is really interesting because I fully expected her to go the like, yeah. resentful, striking out, 
mm-hmm. like lashing out route. Yeah. Um, but she didn't. She didn't yeah. have to. Um, but a couple of things about that conversation I thought was interesting is um, they kind of laid the groundwork like we didn't have the child that I or Mel like I said I didn't have the childhood I wanted I'm gonna make sure why was that and then Nina brings up the custody trial for or the custody case hearing yeah and she references watching Lulu and Valentine co-parents and how that was not great um and like Nell don't you think you could find some kind of compromise with um Michael and Nell again like when she's not with those characters she always sounds reasonable to me <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's was, a talent. Yeah, but she was like, "Look, I know I made a mistake, but Michael doesn't." And I was like, oh, "Okay, let's back up there." Because now I've learned about like the haunting with Morgan shit. Yeah. Like, that's not like a quick mistake, but whatever. She also tried to kill Michael or left him to die, whichever. Correct. Oh, and try I almost how can I forget? Tried to like solicit Chase to murder Michael, so she did actively try to have Michael killed, and then a separate time tried to leave him to die. The Morgan thing is worse. Oh, no, the Morgan <laughs> thing is worse. But in terms of, like, genuine, you know, uh, uh, in terms of a genuine offer to co-parent, yeah, like, you can't take at face value, well, you know, oh, well, I'm trying to compromise when you've actively tried to murder the other party. Right. Do you know what's not great? Times. Do you know what's probably not great for your child? Killing their other parents. Indeed. So I know all that, but the scene, I was like, I started to go to her side for a minute, and I was like, no, I'm not on her side at all. But um, I did think it was funny. Okay, so I like I liked the scene a lot. So she's like, yeah, I've tried to be reasonable with Michael, but all I hear is a lecture about how toxic and evil I am. And I was like, okay, well, points for paying attention. <laughs> now, next time, next lecture, take notes. And then after that, maybe you can start to, like, reflect and do some self-reflection. So then I started, like, thinking about parallels with Valentine because we just had that enormous conversation in, in sequence. Um, but she did say, you know, when Michael looks at me, he doesn't see me or my love for Wiley. And what I think is interesting about that is not that, like, she, you know, she is, she did try to kill Michael and all these other things, but the validity of her love for Wiley, they've always questioned that's what they always question. Like she doesn't care about him. Mm-hmm. She wants to use him as a pawn. They're not like disposed to look at her in any for like like gracious way, I guess. But like it, it I I do believe like she loves Wiley and she wants to give him this life. Kind of like we talked about. She has this narrative in her head about how her life went and who to blame and it's these people yeah. and. You know, does that make sense? Like, it she, does. she's not morally right, nor should she have custody, but, like, probably on some level she thinks she's doing the right thing for her child. Not that Michael should understand that or, or, or empathize with it, but, like... Right. It's kind of how... Well, last time when we were talking about how we recognized that Valentine was making a good choice for once, but that did not make Lulu wrong. Like, mm-hmm. 100% Lulu's in the right, Lulu should have full custody... But Valentine can still learn and grow and self-reflect and do better for the future. Yeah. Mel could do the same, but she's not at that self-reflection stage yet. Right. Also, she did fully say, in her own words, out loud, and to Curly's face, that she does see Wiley, or wants to use Wiley, at least in part, as this in to this, in her mind, sort of echelon of poor Charles society. 
She like mm-hmm. wants to use him as this end to the Krentos clan or to the Quartermain family and all that that implies, mm-hmm. you know, to her. And she sees that, you know, Carly did that with Michael, and now Carly has status and money and people's respect. So yeah, she might love him. I hope she does. But she fully also is using him and wants to use him. Yeah. In that custody. Yeah. Level. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just saying. I don't think. I think they're. Um. Like. I just want to make the point that I think they're like, okay, Nell is evil, she has no soul, and she's using Wiley in this way. But it's like, she's probably like had some mental illness and trauma and should unpack it in therapy and stay away, stay away from Wiley for those reasons on top of everything else. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um, and then right at the end, um, well, two telegraphs. One subtle telegraph, one uh, telegraph straight to your face. Um, so at the end of their conversation, uh, Nell and Nina are kind of like, okay, cool, good talk. And then Nell says something like, you're lucky for you, your past is in the past. Kind of flippantly without thinking about it. I don't know how much she knows about Nina's daughter or, or child, I guess. Um, but that was slight foreshadowing for the future because it's got to happen any day now. And then Nina leaves. Nell goes to her desk to get some paperwork. She full on touches the box with the necklace in it. The open box. The open box with the necklace visible. in it. Visible necklace, visible open box, moves it and gets the paper and walks out the door. So she had her hand on it and didn't see it. So I don't know if there's any other way they could possibly telegraph this in a more obvious way to the audience, but um, that's gotta happen. Like there's been like six shots of the necklace in Nell and like it needs to it needs to happen soon because um, maybe it'll come up in the custody hearing. Maybe, but now, I don't know, then seeing Nina and Willow on screen together again made me second guess our guests. Oh no, I think it's 100% no. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Sometimes soaps are super in your face, at face value, what they're telegraphing is what's coming. And then, sometimes they pull a successful bait and switch, like with the pinata. Oh, right, right. I did think it was a death pinata. Um, that's fair. They're both the approximate right age, as right as any age can be in a soap with, you know, where things made up and the points don't matter. They're both have weird relationships with Nina that aren't totally positive. Willow and Nina had a really rocky start to any sort of friendship or, or whatever sort of relationship, and Nina hired Nell in a plot to actively scheme against her. So I think there's stuff to mine if it's either of them. And I've seen floating around the internet speculation that maybe they are twins. And they're both <laughs> together. I'm sorry. Not that twins can't have different hair color and coloring and look nothing alike. But, yeah. I'm not saying that that is what I want to see happen. But it's out there in the universe. Some okay. people are, are thinking that could be the case. Okay, fair. Um, I just think Nina and Nell would be so much more compelling. Yeah, it's a better story. Um, so then tying the storylines together, um, Nina and Willow run into each other at the bar, and Willow's like, I shouldn't even be talking about this, which means, of course, she's going to. And so you said the same thing. Because Nina said our track record isn't great, or like they got off on the wrong foot. Was this just when Nina would yell at Willow when she was teaching Charlotte? Yes. 
Oh, primarily. Oh, okay. And also that sort of encompassed the whole, like, bullying storyline, where Charlotte was bullying Aiden. I think Dana got her fired at one point. Like, I mean, it was bad. Oh, it wasn't just, like, a one-parent-teacher conference. No, no, it was, like, an extended storyline. And, 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 I mean, it never rose to the level of, like, you know, know, physical violence or or scheming against each other. So Nina didn't throw Willow off a parapet? (laughs) She did not. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then Yale comes down to give this paperwork or whatever to Nina, and just, just straight up overhears, oh, Sunny, and, no, Sunny, sorry, um, and full on overhears that Willow say that Chase and Sasha are having an affair, and the look on Mel's face can best be described as, uh, huh? Okay. Like, totally, not, not even, huh? Like, huh, okay. Like, fully did not care at all. Yeah, not really. Which is such a funny reaction shot, because normally on a soap, someone overhears something dramatic, and, you know, there's the pushing on their face and, like, intense, you know, whatever. It's like, kind of the stereotypical, right? Yeah. And she was just kind of like, all right. It was so funny, because, and that's how the episode ended, too. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sh- No, that's not true. That was the last scene of with them, and the episode ended with um, Michael yelling at Chase. Yeah. But still, it was, like, the dramatic cutaway, and she was just like, okay, I don't care about those people. And then maybe the cog will turn in her brain how she can use it again. Oh, I'm Michael. sure she'll file that away for, for future use. But it was very funny. You know um, what would be really funny? If she saw straight through it. Oh, I bet she will. Because she's so inclined to view everyone against her and conspiring against her. That Okay, that's, my, that's what I want to happen now. Because apparently Willow and Michael are not dumb. Because, like, I think this episode laid out very plausibly why they might think it might be true, but that that would actually be great, because for once, Mel would be right, and there's this, not once, she's usually right when people are conspiring against her, actually, yeah. but, okay, that's, I want that's that to happen. And just sort of one more thought, I guess, about Michael and Willow, too, is that, and, and we talked about this earlier, that, like, they're both, like, such good people, but it, it was plausible, not just because of, you know, that sort of timeline of offense and the way Chase and Sasha reacted, but I think... Willow and Michael are both inclined, unlike Mel, to self-reflect and to realize, like, this has been all about me for a long time. This has been about my needs. Like, all I've been able to focus on is Wiley, each of them for various, you know, reasons. You know, maybe I did neglect my partner. You know, they hurt me, but I can see my role in this because they're both emotionally intelligent people in a way that Mel is not. Very true. Um, yeah, that's a great prediction. I really don't have anything else to add. I, that I, I wish. Yeah. Okay. You should write for the show. <laughs> I would love to. That would be a really good twist. And then Chase and Sasha would somehow have to defend it. Like she would, you know, say it's all a ploy. That'd be really funny. And the real irony would be then Chase and Sasha like actually falling in love because they have to keep it up for whatever nonsensical soap logic reason that uh, uh, they can't just have it be one and done, right? They have to keep doing it in order to ensure that Willow and Michael go through with the marriage or what have you. Right. And then it all comes out and all blows up in everyone's faces and everyone has having all these conflicting feelings. And then they should all just get together as a foursome and raise Willow together. Oh, that'd be nice. It also, if they have to, like, the other thing I was thinking is, like, if they have to prove the affair, it's like, <laughs> it's like when people, um, like, the, the, the trope of, like, okay, getting married for a green card, and you have to, like, 
have all the documents and pictures, not just of the wedding, but of your life together. Are they going to have to, like, go, like, retroactively, like, send racy text messages or, like, some kind of proof, like, to prove that they were actually having an affair? That would be very funny. It would. I mean, it's interesting because they already sort of backtracked and laid some interesting groundwork, almost, like we said, more in Willow and Michael's conversation than in Chase and Sasha's for, like, very logical, like, oh, you know, you went and met with the lawyer that night, and, and we went out for a drink. Like, I think there was maybe enough there that they could re- relatively believably make it happen. But that's why I'm saying, like, if, if Nell or someone, anyone, kind of sees through it, they may think, because, again, they're kind of morons, that the best thing to do would be to continue publicly seeing each other in order to preserve this batshit lie and make sure that Michael and Willow play their part. Also, one last thing, because I yeah. can't stop talking about this, how dumb this all is, but, like, in, like, Michael and Willow scenes, because they're not, like, robots, neither of them was like, oh, now we should get married. They've laid the, <laughs> right. they've laid the groundwork for us. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. They they might have to commit to this. Sasha and Chase might have to commit to, like, pretending to actually be together until at least Will and Michael actually get married. They're not going to stop plotting just because their relationships are over. Right. Because then it, it would all be for naught. Yeah, so they have They're to... invested in making sure that Michael and Will get married. And now this hearing is less than a week away. Apparently. Although in soap time, who knows when it'll come up. And, like, I feel like Michael's even less likely to pressure Willow to do this now because she just went through this horrible breakup and someone broke her heart. But she's now a free agent, and she said the whole time that if Chase wasn't a factor and Michael really needed her, she would do it. Now neither of them have a partner, you know, quote-unquote, holding them back. No, Chase Chase and Sasha are just going to have to do this, like, perfect version of, like, a matchmaker thing over the next, like, week. Yeah. And so, okay, so here's the great thing about soaps. Yes, the premise and the plot is stupid, but the soap just commits. The show commits, the writers commit, and the actors commit, and then you get these, like, really nice moments and really emotionally real beats, even when the shenanigans are a little outlandish. Yeah. And can I say, some, can I say something else about this, too? Yeah. So, um... I was thinking about a, lo- a little bit about this the other day, but I think um, one reason that, like, I think I've, I've gotten over this, but my why my brain was very tripped up trying to track stories and guess what would happen next. Because it's also not something I'm doing consciously. It's very subconscious of me, right, to watch, of everyone, I'm sure, to watch a movie and try to guess the ending or figure out how the plot ties together. But what I'm realizing is tripping me up is that, by definition, these stories will never have an ending. They will continue and continue and continue, right? So my brain is like, okay, what would be, how can this get wrapped up? What storyline or what would have to happen? So, but then it's not, so there's not a clear, I can't figure it out because there's nothing to figure out because the writers aren't writing. This isn't a movie or even a scripted, a series with a set season end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just, keeps going so there will always be permutations and there will be this will come up but it's, it's, it's also like life <laughs> a little bit a little bit yeah no I, yeah it's, i mean it just keeps happening and you right. have to 
grow and react and respond and evolve. Yeah. It's a very interesting viewing experience because I think I'm I'm starting to see the, the genre clues like, okay, um, someone's definitely going to be Noah's daughter, or sorry, Nina's daughter. Or like, I've made a couple little predictions here and there, but like, my brain still wants to like, okay, but when it gets wrapped up, how's it going to end? Because I've been watching it for 20 episodes, 21. Mm-hmm. So this could be a limited series that ends in two weeks. That probably, that's how my brain is probably processing. <laughs> Like, what's the end result going to be of this and this and this? And that's not how it works. No. So I just, I just like, was trying to verbalize that because I've been trying to process how my brain is, is functioning. Best voice character? Thank you, because I could have talked about the Michael Willow Sasha Chase stuff forever. Um, worst character? This is tough. This mm-hmm. is very, this is very tough. This is a very well, very well balanced episode. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to say, wow, um, it's really hard. Okay, I think I'm going to have to say either Alexis or Sam, because that storyline was the least compelling to me, because it was really, really, truly just a recap, um, and Sam found out the information, and Diane found out some of the information. Um, and Diane was so snarky. I can't say Diane. Mm, I love Diane. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say Alexis. She just she did some recapping. Um, she had to be very prompted to share all this. There wasn't a lot moving character wise in those scenes. And Sam had some great reaction spaces to her mom. <laughs> okay. So so officially Alexis, but not not really. This episode didn't have a worst character character. Um, best character was. I think Michael for that final confrontation scene, it was yeah. so good. Um, and yeah. like, I don't know, I just wanted him to punch. I was like, I'm still on Chase's side, but then I'm still on Michael's side. It's just like, oh. I saw someone recently online who said they want Michael to have more edge. Okay. I think that was the edge, though. I, I think when he, like, he doesn't get mad often. But when he does, he just comes down with this, like, righteous fury, and I am here for it. Um, it's funny that, um, it's funny that you say that because we've seen Carly lose her shit at Nell, we've seen lots of people get very angry at Nell. We haven't seen Michael, in any of the flashbacks or present, get, like, angry at Nell. I'm sure he has. I just haven't seen it. But I've never seen Michael really angry. He's been stressed and kind of, like, snarky, but... He kind of like takes a step back from directly confronting Mel mm-hmm. or like fighting with her. Um, so yeah, that was cool to see. I'm gonna. Michael used to be really angry as like a teenager. He had some really like. He had a lot to be angry about at certain times. Um, and I think it makes me think that not to not not to have our second Marvel reference of the episode, <laughs> but like the sort of. Hulk thing of I'm always angry, like that's my secret. I think Michael has witnessed his mom and Sonny and even like AJ and Jason to a degree be very angry and act on that anger and and have sometimes really bad consequences come from that. And I think Michael gets angry. I think he kind of 
holds it back. So when he does unleash it, it is great. But I think, it, and, and we kind of talked about this the other day, I think, with um, with Charlotte, and even just how in a few years they've sort of layered in this really interesting character development for, for this 10-year-old. Well, Michael's had 20-odd years, maybe not quite 20, years of character development. He's been on the show since he was born, you know, various actors. And, and I really think we should... we. This has gone on way too long. We don't have time to do a history corner on Michael, but someday we should really do a deeper dive into Michael's like personal character history, because it is there's a lot there. Do you want to hear my immediate diagnosis? You'll know this. Okay. He has second generation soap character syndrome. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, like so we didn't watch Sunny or Carly grow up on the show, right? Correct. So presumably they grew up like normal people and then go into soap opera. And then Michael grew up in a soap opera. Mm. So he has all this like trauma and um, these experiences. Because this is, this is not real life. Things don't happen that quickly right. that, in real life. So he's grown up in this universe. Um, Kidnapped, what, shot, been in a coma. Right. So he, he has uh, different coping and survival mechanisms. Interesting. Okay, we're going to do like a whole episode of Michael <laughs> later. This is great. You can find Generally Not at a Hospital almost anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Tumblr and Twitter under the name GH Musings. Come say hi. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hosp- there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but I'd never thought about what the title was for.